Our sermon this morning comes from 2 Corinthians. It's the ninth chapter, verse 7, and then verse 13 through 15. This is Paul's word to the church, and it concerns a collection. A collection that he's asking the Corinthian church to make in support of another congregation, in support of ministry that's being established in Macedonia and in other places. So Paul makes his appeal to the Corinthian church, and in so doing, he offers us some good guidance, the greater church, good guidance, good guidelines for giving. So hear these words. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Then continuing in verse 13, through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That is God's word for us this morning. There are three, three points that Paul makes in this word to the Corinthian church. The first one is that each of you Speaking to, uh, to us, the church, each of you must give as you have decided in your own heart. Each of you must give up as you have made your mind. Give as you have decided in your own heart. We, the church, uh, generally fall into the, the uh, idea, particularly this time of year, of making appeals on the basis of need. Paul's word to the church is this. Give on the basis of what God has done for you. That's the basis for your giving. If God's done anything in your life that you can be thankful for, that you should be thankful for, and ask yourself what God has done, what God is doing, and what you hope God will do. That is the basis on which you give. The God of grace, the God who loves you, the God who has blessed you, the God who has graced you with that which you have. Ask yourself, what has God done for you? And how are you going to respond? Generosity emerges from our relationship with God. If we have a healthy relationship with God and if we have a healthy connection with God, then generosity is going to emerge. We understand that's just part of being who we are or who we say we are, Christians, disciples of Christ. We follow the generous one, the one who's given us everything we could hope for, everything we could ask for. Generosity 
emerges from our relationship with God. Our appeal is not on the basis of, of need. It's on the basis of what God has done for you. God is doing for you and what God will do for you. The second point that Paul makes is to give not reluctantly nor out of necessity. A story about a, uh, a fellow who was embarking on starting a new business. And he made this, this commitment in his prayers, uh, asking God to bless this, this endeavor that he was beginning. He said, Lord, I will, will give you 10% of everything that I earn. In the first year that he was in business, first six months he was in business, he wasn't earning much, about $1,000 a month. But he was giving $100 every single month to the Lord. I'll give you, was his commitment, I'll give you 10% of that which I earn. As things progressed and as his business grew, he went from making $1,000 a month to $2,000 a week. And he was having trouble being generous at that point. And following up and following through with his commitment... He went to his pastor to tell him of his dilemma. When I started this pastor, I promised God, I committed God that if he would you know, bless the business and, and whatever happened with the business, that 10% is what I would, would offer in Thanksgiving. And, uh, and I did that. And I was able to do that for, for quite a while. But that was when I was making 1000 right around $1,000 a month. Right now, I'm making $2,000 a month. That means I got to give $200 a week if I follow through with a commitment. And he said, I, that's a lot of money. I don't, I just, I'm having a struggle with that. I don't know if I can do that. It's, it's a lot of money to, to be offering. Do you have any suggestions? The pastor says, I know exactly what we need to do. We need to pray. And the guy said, that sounds like a good idea. What, what direction are we going in on, on this prayer? And the pastor said, it's very simple. We're going to pray, since you're having such a struggle right now with this $2,000 a week income, we're going to pray that the God will reduce your income to $1,000 a month again so you can make your commitment. Give not reluctantly, nor out of necessity. If we think about how hard we work to arrive where we are, we're likely to become stingy because there's something programmed into us that makes us think that by our hard work, we deserve what we have. And certainly you have to put hard work into things. And I'm not suggesting anything other than that. But if we look at that as something that we've done, that God has nothing, you know, we have, God has giving, given us nothing, that it's all ours, it's all our doing, we deserve everything that we have, then we become reluctant to give. In the same way, we don't get what we think we deserve. We believe we've been shortchanged. And therefore, we, we can be tempted not to give because we've been cheated. Life has not been fair to us. We haven't gotten, we should, we should have what uh, our neighbor has. 
what our friend has, what our enemy has. Because we work just as hard as they have, after all. Why don't I have what they have? And if I don't have what they have, I don't need to give. I certainly don't need to give much. Both ways of thinking can result in reluctant giving or giving out of guilt or fear. It's another dimension to this. After all, we all want God on our side. Don't want to make God angry. So we use giving as a good luck charm. It's called the prosperity gospel. You've watched any TV, religion, if you watch any religious programming on television, you've heard this more than likely. If you give, God will double what you, you know, double what you already have. You can't outgive God. And we relate it strictly to monetary uh, principles. Don't ever think that there are other blessings other than money. So we give out of guilt or fear or, or the idea that God is, is some kind of good, you know, giving is some kind of good luck charm. We can win God's favor. Now, God has already favored you. God has given you Jesus Christ. There is no greater gift that you will ever ever have in your life anytime, anywhere than what God has already done God has given you Jesus Christ and you didn't earn that and you don't deserve that neither do I but that's what God has done God does not want us to give reluctantly or out of necessity But if we understand, if we recognize the doors that God has opened for us and the grace that God gives to us that we have not and cannot earn, then giving becomes a thankful response to God. The third point that Paul makes is that God loves a cheerful giver. Someone with a smile on their face that can... Give whatever God has laid on their heart to give and smile when they give it. Be cheerful. That decision comes from the heart. Freely and positively. That decision is defined by God's love for us. We know God loves us. We are confident in God's love for us and our love for God. And God loves that kind of giving, that kind of cheerful giving. God loves it when we acknowledge that we've already received a gift greater than we could ever imagine or ever earn. In the simplest, simplest and most profound, profound way, we acknowledge that God so loved the world, God so loved us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's what God has done for us, for you. God simply asks us to say thank you. In whatever way that God has laid on our heart to do that. 
That's Paul's word. That's the inspired word that Paul gives to the church in this scripture from 2 Corinthians. God loves cheerful giving. And when that happens, God absolutely is in love with the idea of a church that loves God so much that they're willing to give whatever is needed, whatever is called for, in order that his work can continue and his will can be done. All in Christ's name. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gifts that we've already received. We thank you. And Lord, we thank you that even in our shortcomings, you continue to love us. You continue to walk with us. You continue to to pull for us, to encourage us. You're on our side. You're up in the stands cheering for us. You're down on the field running with us. Lord, in any and everything, we know you're not going to leave us. You promised that to us in Christ Jesus. That nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.